And then we got all the way to my favorite kid on the left, and they go, sounds like Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Um, now I'm thinking he's a pirate. Who has a more iconic landing, like Cloud Summer of a train or... Jack Sparrow walking straight onto the dock from his sinking boat. Who knows? Yeah, those are both memorable for sure. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to episode 128 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan Music Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salbato, and we have a really fun episode today that we've been planning for a while, and it's I think it's the timing of it is actually going to be perfect, as long as this releases on time, and it should. Um, but before we get into that, um, I have three panelists with me today, um, two you're familiar with, and one I think you're going to be familiar with by the time we're done. So first of all, uh, Hillary is here, as you often are. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to talk music. Yay. Um, another frequent guest, uh, Audra, is with us today. Hiya. And one of our new folks that started this, no, last month, uh, Kyle is also with us today, making his podcast debut. A-V-A-L-A-N-C-A-M. <laughs> yeah, that's who we be. That's who we be. That's awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. No, that's a great, great introduction. Uh Kyle, I know that it's your it's your first podcast with us, so maybe you're nervous, but don't worry. Uh, we all we, we enjoy our music here, and we, on one hand, take it seriously, but we also are just here to have fun and listen to good music. So you <laughs> don't need to worry. I appreciate that. I mean, like the best thing about joining this community is how welcoming everybody has been. It's just the best. So I'm planning on being. Um, totally awful and yet trying my best just like the rest of us out in the world <laughs> i mean that's all we can ask for right um i don't think you're gonna be awful so i'm, I'm not gonna let you get away with that appreciate it. but if you want if you want we can say that you might be awful until the episode is over okay okay <laughs> if you want if you want to just leave it open because we don't know you're not proven um <laughs> but i think you'll be fine yeah, I mean, Solosi's definitely going to listen to this, and apparently it's, like, a pretty big deal, so... <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't think he's seriously pressuring you, so No, it was a joke. <laughs> uh, and we'll just say we have confidence. Yeah, exactly. And we're excited to have you. Yes. Yes. I always like having new people on the show, so... Um, yeah, so, as, as you can tell by whatever we actually end up titling this episode, we are talking about Final Fantasy VII today. Uh, this has been an idea floating around for a while, but we figured with Rebirth coming out, it was a good time to finally get into this. And basically our requirements for the show is just pick something from Final Fantasy VII, uh, the series, since Final Fantasy VII is basically its own series within Final Fantasy now. Um, we have sequels and spinoffs and mobile games and movies. And so all of that was up for grabs, basically. So everyone, we all picked parts of the dif of different parts of the compilation even though we didn't get dirge of cerberus in here I, I tried to work it in but i went i went a different direction it's okay it's been on the show before yeah but yeah Fine. i mean we featured as much as we could um, i'm happy with our lineup today but uh yeah it's a it's a big month for final fantasy 7 so I, i'm this is the right time to do this one um so i always like to asking people like why why you're on an episode or what brought you here 
Um, I, I'm thinking there's obviously a base level of, well, I enjoy Final Fantasy VII. And if that's it, then that's cool. But if anyone has anything else, uh, you know, let, let's talk about it. You know, me, you know, mine is a combination of one, I enjoy seven. Uh, we're, I'm finally getting back into playing remake again. And, um, you know, we, we've never done an episode just on seven. And also, it I can't pretend that I'm not also approaching it as like, I want something that's going to resonate with people. And as the showrunner and also the runner of editor in chief of the site, I'm like, for for visibility and all that, like, this is a great time to do an episode for seven. So there's a little bit of like, I want people to listen to this and the, the timing of it is good, but also I enjoy it. And there's just, there's so much to pull from, from all of these games and movies and stuff that I think it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, I think for me, because like you said, seven has expanded, there's so much with it, like it's worth talking about for sure. So that's one of the reasons I'm here. Uh, but my not so hidden agenda is that this is probably my main chance to bring Black Materia on the show. So uh, look forward to that. I'll explain more about that later. But there's an album that I really, really love uh, that has to do with seven. So there you go. Hey, I feel like you decided on that one very quickly when we <laughs> talked about this episode. You're oh, like, yeah. Oh, I know what I'm doing. Yep. Which is fun. Like sometimes these topics are like, boy, where am I going to go with this? So coming in with that like confidence of like what we're going to play is always nice. Um, how about you, Audra? Mainly nostalgic fondness. Um, Final Fantasy VII is actually my first RPG that I ever Yay! played. So okay. Okay. I really just... I enjoy the game and i like the series so i just wanted to show some love for its music great how about you kyle yeah similar to audra um this is like the most important game in my life i think um like it was the one that i watched you know older cousins play and then thought it was the coolest and like it was the total gateway into everything jrpg for me so to have it be like my first chance to contribute to the podcast for the sites just all kind of lined up and I kind of was really, really super interested in being able to talk about it. Well, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know there's so many people that seven was the one, like that's, that's part of why it, it expanded and became what it became. Mm -hmm. Like it really, especially in the West, I mean, it really opened up uh, a lot. Like that's, that's when we started getting as many RPGs out here as we got. So yep. we, all of us as RPG fans owe a lot to it. So, all right. Well, that's a great introduction. I feel like that's, uh, let's get into some songs here. So uh, Hillary and I are doing the first block here. So Hillary, what is our first song of the day? So for this block, we've got some arrangements over here. Um, and my choice is Those Who Fight. It's the arranged version from the piano collections for Final Fantasy VII. Thank you for that pointed look when I mean, you're like, you were supposed to introduce this as the arrangement block. I'm like, no. yes, I was. <laughs> but thank you for doing it. Um, uh, so after those who fight, I have Judgment Funkadelic, which is an arrangement of Judgment, of course, from the Materia Final Fantasy VII remixed album. So if you haven't heard it, there's probably a reason you haven't heard it, but we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. So. For now, let's go listen to Those Who Fight and Judgment Funkadelic. Mm -hmm. 
So yes, fighting. Um, ever since I, I mean, a good part of what inspired this is I love Tifa's church fight scene. It's probably my favorite part of Advent Children. And this is basically what's playing during that scene. Um, just this piano, like hearing this, a piano version of this particular fight track, uh, I really, really like. There, it's, I think it's something in the juxtaposition of having a single and beautiful classical instrument like the piano playing but then still having that power and dynamic range to get the adrenaline pumping and make it feel like a, a fight song. Um, it's impressive. And it, it kind of conveys this idea of a fight. You know, there are stakes, there's a lot going on, lots of movement, lots of energy. But at the same time, it, it's it got some like beauty and elegance to it. So I'm kind of picturing like, like the in Advent Children, you know, a fight in a beautiful place or like just kind of the elegance of the movements and the skill of the fighters. I don't know. It's just, it has some really cool imagery to me that it, that this song evokes. So, and there was also a bit of a disconnect, which I also think is interesting, right? You're listening to this piano. It's really pretty. It's really polished, but it's also a fight song. And I kind of, I like that duality. Um, so that, yeah. And I also really appreciate the, I think this arrangement in particular is very smartly done in the way it builds up. Um, as phrases progress you know they do things slightly differently for repeating notes so like the effect gets bigger and bigger um whether that's chord progression or like a slight change in rhythm and the you know left hand um whatever it is there are just some very smart ways of like building the tension over those repeated phrases so i just actually another one that I picked up on was like little embellishments. Like I think there's like a little solo where they add some little extra notes the last time they repeat uh-huh. a note. Yeah. So like, yeah, there's lots of neat ways to make this have the correct emotional effect. It's really neat. Yeah. Hey. Also, also, Kyle, if you're going through your notes right now and striking through all the things that were already covered, <laughs> um, that that is normal. Um, that happens all the time. So uh, don't worry. Um, sorry, were you, were you going to say something, Audra? Uh, no, I just, I agree. It's impressive just how much impact the song has and the arrangement is incredible for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a, I have a slightly less elegant way of saying some of what Hillary said, but, you know, a lot of times when we, when we hear piano arrangements, um, a lot, because when people do piano arrangements, usually they're they're softer or or something like that. Or, or maybe they'll even like, like, uh, the prescription for sleep album, the, what is it? Fight oh, for your yeah. dreams. Um, you know, some of those, like they slow down the song and like, it makes it work with like a really like dreamy, soft, peaceful piano. Yeah. It's like a calmer take on a fight track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really, I've always appreciated that they didn't exactly do that here, that it, it, it is a piano, but it's still really high energy, like the original. And I think it's really neat. Um, right. It matches. It matches. Like I, I, you know, my, my notes were basically that I enjoy, appreciate, and respect uh, <laughs> that someone can arrange and play something like this, and it still captures the spirit yeah. of a battle song on an instrument that you're not used to hearing a real, you know, a, a battle song on. And can we talk about that speed up near the end? Because that takes a lot of skill, just like how fast they're playing the melody, like the last time around at the very end. Yeah, well, let me just cross those off my notes, too. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, <laughs> no, 
that that was the last part of it just like it's on top of all of that if you see anyone like play this live or you watch them play it like the the amount of practice and dexterity to like do something like that really fast like i'm just really really impressed by that (laughs) like if you're looking at the covers of this on youtube like a lot of people are trying and talking about how difficult it is i'm sure it is (laughs) yeah we could ask pat pat would know yeah pat's probably tried to play it yeah I think I would echo a lot of it. Just, gosh, people are so talented. Like, I know that there's people in the world that never learned how to ride a bike, and I never learned how to play a piano. And so when I see and I hear someone just hammering keys like that, you know, like the first six notes, I'm like, holy, let's go. (laughs) Um, I did find myself, and maybe this is like a little hint at later, I did find myself, and probably because the way I listened to the songs and learned about our music, choices and we got like halfway through the song and i was like man what if someone was just spitting bars right now <laughs> no foreshadowing <laughs> right so I, I did i do appreciate kind of like how intense and how amazing someone ta- someone has to be to get through this and i really appreciate everyone saying that um i also have a thought but we haven't talked about the funkadelic one so i'll save that one well i mean if, if it's a thought on this song you you could share it we could, it could be our transition sure yeah uh look at me first time um i just think it's interesting that like this one here we could i personally could copy and paste it straight into the game and i wouldn't lose anything yeah that's a good way to express kind of the feel of it right like it's just like this seems like the quote-unquote battle music Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean the funkadelic one is bad right it's just like i think it's really interesting how or maybe just even more of a compliment to the to the piano player here that like for me personally, you could just put this into the game and I'd be like, man, this rips. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm ready to cast my spells and punch things as Tifa. <laughs> yep. You bet. All right. Well, yeah. So if we're going to talk about judgment here, um, boy, I, I I didn't actually mention this in the introduction, but this is uh, Sean Shafiansky that arranged this, who doesn't only do jazz, but often does does jazz he's done a lot of like jazz arrangement albums and covers and he's so good. Like we, we had him on the show years ago um but uh i'm i'm always happy to hear his stuff and um that i wanted this album in general uh to be on this episode for many reasons uh and one was that when this came out like it was it was kind of a big deal it it released in october 2015 and it was like it was a really cool thing because we were used to like overclock remakes and some other new groups putting out these albums with like a ton of artists contributing and this was, as I recall, uh, the first one that came out under with Materia Collective. And it was, I, what was the other, like, not label, but they had like a, it was like Materia Community or something like that. Um, because it was th- that was a new thing for them too, of like having all these different people come in. And they did a bunch of albums uh, mm-hmm. over the years. They did a Final Fantasy 8 one and 10 and lots of other things. Um, But then I I forgot what year this was, but uh, a few years ago, like all of that basically imploded because uh, they apparently were not uh, paying royalties or paying whatever. Basically, the artists were not getting the cut they should get uh, from them. And it caused a major problem. Like it was all over Twitter. And Mm -hmm. and the result, uh, unfortunately, was basically that that like side label or whatever it was went away. And uh, with it, all of these albums. So you can find bits and pieces of them on YouTube, but like, yeah, it, you you can even find the pages for these albums on Materia Collective's website, but the buy links, like nothing goes anywhere anymore. So I'm like, you you have this one with like dozens of songs and 
successor and Spira, the Final Fantasy X one, was actually two full albums. They're, these are like, yeah, these. the main thing about these collections is that it was, every single one was a huge amount of music. Huge, and like they're all gone now. Um, oh. I mean, obviously there's uh, ways to get them, but like it's, it's things that you can't like mm-hmm. officially like stream them or hear the whole albums. And just, you can't just go click on them like other albums anymore. And in... In some cases, have some of the artists kind of made the music available themselves, or have they been able to? I can't. In some cases, but I don't. You know, obviously, we're not privy to all the legal legalese about what happened there. Yeah, I know so in this case, like th- this song, and there's a handful of stuff from this album that you can find on YouTube easily. But I don't. I think a lot of it is. I don't know. I'm not sure what the status of it is. Um, anyway, I, I don't want to like super editorialize on it. It's basically just like. Uh, one, uh, pay your people, pay your creatives, uh, musicians, artists, everyone should get what they're what they're owed um, to avoid things like this, to have all of this great music that's, you know, more or less, more or less lost, or at least not readily available. And I'm really sad about that because there were so many things that came out of that community that were really great. Right. Well, and that's a huge amount of effort for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, especially if you look, look up the credits for this album look up for materia and successor and like look at the names on there like there are so many people that if whether you knew them then or maybe you know them now because they are they do this stuff right they're still making music and have in some cases i know some of them have gotten popular oh yeah yeah (sighs) anyway um none of that's about the song i just want to talk about that because this i think this was a really important album for that and for a lot of people so uh, i really wanted on here um, so beyond all of that, um, who 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 would think to make a sweeping jazz arrangement of Judgment? Like of all the songs in Final Fantasy VII, uh, well, Sean would. That's who because Sean is great at doing jazz arrangements. Um, every 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 new album or single he does, like I am I am always on board with it. <laughs> uh, his Final Fantasy IV album was fantastic. Uh, we were listening to his Octopath one not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just he's he's so talented and uh, I love just the way he transformed this song into something something so different did I bring I think one of the things I brought on the jazz funk episode was his video oh yeah I think so I, I know we've had the four album on on a prior episode but mm-hmm. uh, yeah just the energy that he put into this and how it weaves like the familiar parts and uh, note uh, notes whatever the familiar parts of the song with some you know, jazzy improvisation, um, just and the energy of it all. It's just, it's so much fun. Yeah, I I had a bit of a journey on this song. Like I, Judgment is one of those songs that I like the melody to it a lot. It's one that I know I appreciate, but I kind of forget it until I hear it again. And I don't know if it's for that reason or just because of the arrangement. But I had a journey going through where I was like, okay, where's the familiar part? And then ah, oh, okay, part of the way through. So it was a, it's kind of a nice progression. And it was just in that sweet spot of feeling like it was something new but also recognizing it like at the at the right time so yeah. that I wasn't just like wait a minute what song is this <laughs> and that's that's tricky to do yeah yeah I, I think it's also it's one of those things that and maybe I'm maybe I'm totally wrong about this I don't, I don't know I don't know how everyone else thinks but I feel like there's there's something about the, the really like late game Final Fantasy 7 stuff that gets overshadowed by One Winged Angel. 
Um, because there, there's other boss themes and the, obviously there's this theme and some other ones that I feel like when you, as soon as you start thinking about the end of the game, you think of that and for good reason, but I, I, I don't know. Like sometimes I, I wonder if some of these other tracks get forgotten because of that, because they're in close proximity of that. And, and people tend to remember that one over the others. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I also just want to shout out the percussion at the beginning of this song, <laughs> the bongos, I think, or whatever was going on. Uh -huh. I love that. That really gave me the feel of like, this is a small jazz ensemble performing at a club somewhere. I, <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Nice. Bongos, so sick. <laughs> is it worth, uh, like for the listeners, is it worth, just in case they haven't played Final Fantasy VII in a long time, like where, when this song is taking place? I mean, you can be a little vague about it. Because, you know, there, there's always someone who hasn't played. And with Remake and Rebirth, like, there will be new people. So, you know, we don't right. have to go into super strong details, I guess. It's just kind of like a final dungeon theme. Right. Mm -hmm. And kind of, you know, darker and just kind of very, like, marching uh, feel to it. And then the the arrangement here, I think it just kind of turns that on its head. Like, at least from, like, from my ear. Right? Yeah, and it's just yeah. Like, so... It's so neat. Like that's kind of why I said earlier, like in in contrast to the one before this, right? Like it's, I wouldn't put this one in the game, but it's also like not the point, right? Like it's just yeah. completely different. Yeah, it kind of falls into this other category of arrangement. It was like, let's view this with a completely fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. It's it it's really like a very different thing tonally, but like my favorite song from one of the from that Spira album. Oh my god! <laughs> I would never want that in the game but it is peak, whatever. I'll, I'll share it with you guys later on Slack. You know what it is. Oh, I do. Yeah. I think just coming, you know, to this podcast, to, to this site, really, really kind of at a, in my infant stage when it comes to video game music, that's one of my main takeaways is it's really neat to have these two where one of them I would definitely transport into the game and the other one I like just as much to listen to, but it's just such a different feel and like, uh, you know, like Hillary said, like a totally refreshed perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of neat the way that worked out, for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's always going to happen to you, by the way. I mean, it still <laughs> happens to me. Like, I'm always learning and being introduced to more stuff here that I, it's a lot of fun. I mean, that's one of the reasons I like doing the podcast. Like, one, to introduce whether it's us here on the show, but also to anyone listening. I'm like, because I'm always finding out new stuff. Because there's so much music out there, it's hard to keep up with mm -hmm. all of it. So, right. yeah, I love that. The, but, the discovery of it. Right. And speaking of refreshed perspectives, like sometimes when you're making a track order or something like that, something like this happens and you get an insight and you're like, ooh, yeah, that version of those who fight really is faithful. And then you can really see that when it's put with this other one, which is also equally well done, but yeah, in but a different style. Very different style, yeah. So... Yeah. Also, shout out the saxophone, just killing it. Yep. <laughs> yep. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's one of Sean Tafiansky's main instruments. So, yay. Okay. Yeah. And well, the guitar outro. Sorry, I just wanted to know the guitar outro is really just fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a fun feel to this song, to this version of the song, and I really like it. Yeah. So, have you guys heard heard anything else on the album before, or no? I have not yet. I'm curious now. I was going to say, maybe, maybe we'll have to share some of that. We'll talk more about it. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, the, the, those albums, just all those things, all those collections of different artists, like it was all different styles. I mean, some of them have the same song multiple times in different styles. Oh, so, uh, neat. Yeah, it's, uh, 
I'm glad there are still places like Overclock Remakes that are still doing stuff like that. But mm -hmm. it's I just love it. I, I love having all of these different uh, void it, voices and artists come together and just put these compilations together because you never really know what you're getting. And it's a lot of fun. So, okay. I think that does us for block one. Uh, block two, uh, Kyle, you get to introduce your first song ever on Rhythm Encounter. So what's, what are we listening to next? I've chosen Crazy, Morris, Crazy Motorcycle Chase from the Final Fantasy VII uh, original soundtrack. And um, but, uh, block two is OSTs. Is that right? Yeah. You yeah, got we're, it. We're doing two songs from the original soundtrack. <laughs> from the OG game. Yes. So after Crazy Motorcycle, uh, Audra, what's your first song? My first song is Dear to the Heart. Uh, Dear to the Heart, a song that until a few days ago, I was still calling uh, Holding Thoughts in My Heart or something, because apparently at one point that's how it was translated. But I guess now it's called Dear to the Heart. Because when you, when you chose it, I was like, what is this? I would <laughs> like, Just looking at the track name, like, oh, okay, that's what it's called now. Uh, I'm old. Um, okay, so let's go listen to Crazy Motorcycle and Dear to the Heart from the original Final Fantasy VII.
So Crazy Motorcycle came to my mind. Um, I was actually playing Sea of Stars the other day, and there's a boss theme that has that kind of do 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 And I was like, what is this song? And I knew it. You know, there was something about it that really resonated with me. And then I, I realized, you know, while we were uh, going through picking songs, I was like, I think that's the Motorcycle song. Uh, and so sure enough, we haven't covered it yet, and I wanted to choose it uh, not only because uh, I kind of noticed it in a different way, but uh, I just think it really does a good job. You know, so much great RPG music captures uh, the intensity or the or the emotion of the moment. Um, and I mean, like, right as this song starts, you know, it hits the like. Uh, I can see Cloud's motorcycle in my mind, right? Do, 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 do. Right, and the synthesizers are ramping up the pressure. Uh, the bass drop, like I can feel my 13-year-old palms are sweaty, and I'm like desperately trying to make sure no one gets close to the tricycle truck. Right. Uh, <laughs> and it's like I'm mashed in square and circle, and the sword swinging on the wrong side, and I'm just like, damn it. <laughs> yep. like and the yes. circle button was like that delayed strike. So it was, oh my God, just mm-hmm. absolutely, like literally crazy motorcycle chase. Yep. In my um, case, I was shouting, don't you touch Tifa? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm ignoring right now as an adult completely the idea that a dude is sitting in the back with a gun on his arm doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, oh my God, you're Yeah. Neither here nor there. Uh, you know, there's this like point where uh, the synthetic music kind of dies away, and like I can feel again, like you know, it's been 20 years since I played it for the first time, and I felt like just a calmness because I knew the bikers were away. Like I'm literally sitting here watching the YouTube song, but I know the bikers have gone away for the moment. And then as it quickly builds back up, I can feel myself they're back, like the here we go, like mashing buttons again, panicking. Barrett, why are you sitting? Never mind. Uh, just from a from a musical perspective, I think it's interesting how they layer so many synthetic sounds, and it just kind of creates this predictability where you're constantly anticipating the next time that that new layer comes back around. Right. Right. And it's, so it's like you know it has this feeling of like the the chase could end never, right? As a as the music just kind of keeps going and keeps um, sort of looping these different synthetic uh, sort of beats and, and tracks back all over top of each other. Um, I just think that it captures that scene so well. Like I, I have so much, clearly like so much like raw emotion attached to it. So many nostalgic memories like uh, Audra was talking about in the, in the intro. Uh, so yeah, it was a, once I realized it hadn't been covered and once I had connected all those dots, it was sort of a no brainer for me. Yeah. And the first time I heard this song when you picked it, I was like, yes, I remember that scene. Mm-hmm. It just brings to mind the motorcycle chase perfectly. Yeah. And I mean, I, I have something in my notes that kind of dovetails like this song, even though it is very, very kind of like synthetic and video gamey, like it does make use of one of kind of one of my favorite musical conventions, which is like the pauses. But I think even more importantly, to your point, you know, in recent episodes, I think we've talked about how, like, Final Fantasy 16, like, all the music is perfectly synced up with the action. And this is sort of a precursor to that, because you are absolutely right. They take 100% advantage of the loops in the music to 
ramp up your panic about when the bikers are going to be there and not be there, mm-hmm. and the fact that it loops, so you're not exactly sure when that cycle is going to end. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it like that. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I think I think this is uh, I'm de- deciding this is the biggest bop of the episode because I I find it impossible to not tap my toes or my fingers or something along with this one when it's playing whenever so it comes up. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a rush of a song like these really like really electronic sounds and like I some of it even sounds like there's just like some sound effects thrown in on top. I know it is and it's just part of the song, but just the way it all comes together and just sometimes the sort of odd sounds that just like are tossed in there. It's it's a fun fun song and I. I always loved that you know they knew in the original game that they had something cool with this that they they were like no uh, people are going to enjoy this so let's make sure it's also in gold saucer so they can play it for points later. Which is uh, funny because I'm the type that absolutely gets frustrated uh, with mini games mm-hmm. a lot of the time and I'm jumping in because I had something that dovetailed perfectly off of what you said. Um, But having music like this is just like so well-timed with the action and just pulls you immediately into it Mm -hmm. really like helps with that frustration. Um, Yeah, I'm impatient and I probably shouldn't feel like those things are a chore a lot of the time, but this definitely did not feel like one. And I think the music was a large part of that. (laughs) I mean, it really depends on the game. I think think Seven has some pretty good mini games. some better than others, but we're not talking about Final Fantasy X today, are we? <laughs> um, I, I do. This is this is a weird mini tangent. It's not really a tangent, but I was always a little bit bummed that there was there was a mobile version of this. It was literally just Final Fantasy VII G Bike that came out in Japan in 2014 and was gone like a year later. Um, and my understanding was that it was supposed to be, lo- they were going to localize it and just decided not to. So like it never even came out of Japan. Um, and you know, I, obviously I know everyone has very different feelings on mobile games and all that, but I sort of think this one could have worked. I, I don't know what really, what was wrong with it or why it, it didn't last. Maybe they couldn't monetize it, but I'm like, it's, it's, it's something that you could play in little spurts. It, the screen is vertical. Like I don't know. It, like it feels like it, just a natural thing. Like I would have absolutely played that. I was actually looking forward to that one. Um, but you know, they maybe they tried to do too much. I think they're like they tried to add like a magic system and turn it into more of a game. So maybe maybe they overly complicated it. They're like, no, you could have just done this. Done the go- do the gold saucer one. Have a scoring system. Maybe make some different tracks or something. I'm like that could have worked. I would have played it. Something while you're waiting in line or whatever. Cosmo you know? Canyon track. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yes. You could have racetracks everywhere. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't be any... I don't think it would compete with, like, Garfield Kart, but I think it could have... Oh, my God. I think it could have been something, you know? Uh, what? No? No Garfield Kart for you? No, thanks. Okay. Or Garfield Lasagna Racers. I don't know what it's actually called, but I, I know that I know it's out there. I'm rocking my brain now trying to figure out what, a, what would be, like the wildest track like Fort Condor just racing up the mountainside yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh well, you'd, you'd have to have like an underwater one that would probably be weird and interesting mm-hmm. when we do the choke chocobo racing <laughs> yeah yeah aspiring oh, programmers oh. help us out <laughs> don't put me underwater emerald weapon is going to just annihilate my g-bike and I will never be the same <laughs> <laughs> well you have to avoid it he just randomly smashes up like pieces of the track and you have to jump them Somehow. See, I'm telling you, like, this is not really that hard of a game to conceptualize. (laughs) We've already come up with great ideas in the last two minutes. Um, 
So if if it, the game resurfaces a year from now, then we'll know that someone listened to this episode and we can actually finally start influencing games being released, not just retro and <laughs> Take that, Solosi. Well, no, I mean, he, I mean he, they, they still have us beat in terms for a track record, but like so many games get like remade or remastered after there's a retro episode. I'm like, someone's listening. It's uncanny. It's really interesting. Um, anyway, okay. So, Audra, I don't want to like not talk about your song. Well, I picked Dear to the Heart. I was really at first, I honestly could not remember the name of it <laughs> when I was looking, listening for songs to pick for this podcast and I just the second I heard it though it just kind of clicked it brought back to mind the time when you're leaving Midgar and everything and I just I love this song it's so soft and kind of music boxy is a good way to describe it Mm -hmm. it's very hopeful and it's just it's something very well it's dear to the heart I think the title's pretty appropriate (laughs) yeah and I think it's kind of neat, like we mentioned this off the air, how, you know, you have that motorcycle chase, but Dear to the Heart comes shortly after that, actually chronologically mm-hmm. in the game, too. So that worked out. Yeah, it was actually a good track listing. Yeah, I, I'm really happy you guys chose those two. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, the musically, these two don't pair together, but uh, narratively, mm-hmm. they're perfect. They're almost back to back. Who says this episode's cursed? Exactly. He worked out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, no one listening should know about the auto audio recording issues we've had because our editors will piece it all together and it'll be beautiful. Right. <laughs> because they are awesome. No, I just I just consider this <laughs> song uh, again, despite the fact that I recently learned it's called something different these days. Um, just a serious classic. Um, I, I'm really happy that you brought this one on, and I, I also like like we just said, like how they're kind of back to back in the game worked out for this episode, but also that you know remake remake covers midgar and with rebirth coming out like this is actually where we are in the trilogy of remakes is this section (laughs) the release cycle yeah it matches up up with the release cycle of leaving midgar and going to the greater world it's actually really cool timing i hadn't thought of that actually yeah i just i was really it's one of those pieces that i remember Mm -hmm. from when i played the game and i was like oh yeah when i heard it and Thematically, it matches with you brought on. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get botch my track titles here. But anxious heart. I think it's anxious heart. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm. There are definitely some tonal parallels between that one and this one for that's sure. That's true. Yeah. And I, obviously, that's pretty intentional. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I know this plays in like a few other places in the game too, but it's it's really easy to like just think of it as the. You know, maybe Midgar. Yep. Um, and I love it. Like it's 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 so like wistful and delicate, especially compared to like everything. Like so much your party goes through, like to get to this point. Uh, towards the end, like everything just gets uh, well crazy. Um, like you go through so much to get to this point, and you leave, and it just it's so serene and it's perfect that your team finally gets to like just take a take a bit of a breather from all of that. Yes. Um, and I go out and go to a town literally named Calm. <laughs> and I just, I've always had a huge appreciation for the, the structure of this song musically, because I think it performs its function so well, right? Because so much has happened in Midgar. It's been high stakes, lots of action, things like that. And then this song is just so effective at evoking that emotional response of like, okay, 
it's cozy, it's a little delicate, it's a little peaceful, and it really pulls you into that mood. It really helps facilitate that shift in mood, like just with the very cozy sounding intro, but then at about 45 seconds, you get that beautiful melodic instrument coming in. I think it sounds like a Celesta, which we'll put a link to in the show notes. It's a, yes. key, it's a little keyboard thing with a very like ethereal sound. Almost kind of sounds like a cross between a piano and a xylophone. Yeah, uh, but it's I, good I, for those like really airy, like twinkly notes. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that we're going to include a note because I'm sure I'm not the only one that when you said a Celesta, I'm like, sorry, what? <laughs> but and it's just such, the way the <clears throat> melody the melodic phrases are interwoven with like the interludes and the arpeggios it it really feel it wraps you up in in this mood and it, it almost kind of has this feeling of like memories like little kind of glimpses of different pieces musically i don't know it just it works so well it does yes there's a lot of feeling here yeah the first thing i feel is relief <laughs> yep <laughs> Right, like there's that, like we, like you said, right? we, we just had the crazy motorcycle chase in more ways than one. There's that huge kind of boss fight that can be tough the very first time, uh, the thing that chases you to the end, right? And then um, those first five notes, right? Like just relief, accomplishment, like kind of nervous, like oh, what now? Yep. Yeah, I can hear that. I think it's interesting too, like we talked about. Um, Mike, you mentioned something about uh, having sound effects as part of the uh, as part of like the kind of the song. And for me here, there's there's sound effects that I can hear in my brain, um, but they're not part of the song. These ones are actually missing. Like I can hear the song in the background as the menu goes squeak, 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 because you're picking your party for the first time to like go out into oh, the world. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Right. And, like I can see myself going and like, well, I don't know, like what's gonna happen. I don't know what. Like, what's next? Um, it's a whole new adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Aoife's feet hitting the ground when she jumps off the hook, and uh, you know, and it's like that being just kind of so such a distinct noise that jumped out to me was was such something that I didn't expect. Um, but yeah, just like those little sound effects that that you you sometimes hear, but then ones that are missing that your brain fills in. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of. And I don't know if it's just something about like specifically the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack with this, but I actually had one of those with Anxious Heart. Because the first time it plays, I think, is when you're leaving after the first bombing mission and there's this like frayed electrical wires and you just hear the in the background. It's a soundscape. It is. It is. Mike, you said this song plays at different point. Is this City of Lost Ancients? I don't think so. There's a actually one of the reference clips we use is actually from Square's. Uh, Square Enix Music's YouTube channel, and they have they have a whole playlist of um like I forget what they call them like video video songs or it's a, it's a a certain term and like yeah. they actually made their own video and they put clips of the games to different songs so they have this one so they show the party leaving Midgar but then they have a couple different field areas where you're walking through like through across a bridge. Where you, All right, with to find the baby birds. The baby birds, like I, I, it's been so long, I forgot exactly where those baby birds are, but like it plays there. So there's a few places. Oh yeah, okay, good call. Yeah, yeah I don't I, like the Lost Ancients vibe, but I didn't think like I knew it was a different song, but there was just something. Maybe it's like uh, there's a transition similarity there, right? Big kind of games transition, but yeah, shout out to the little chicks. <laughs> <sighs> All right, well that brings us to our halfway point. So our next block, I'm actually really excited about our next block uh, because 
uh, well, obviously, because Hillary has been talking about this for a while, and uh, and we have a lot to talk about. So uh, our next block is some some very cool uh, vocal songs uh, and arrangement and original ones. So, uh, Audra, what is our first song of our third block? Our first song is "Why" from Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. Cool. Is this now? This is in the original. Do you know if it's in the remake too? I'm actually not sure. Oh, I don't. Oh, it is. Okay. It is. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's great. Okay. And after that, uh, get to your second song, Hillary. All right. Well, um, speaking of spitting bars and A B A L A N C H E, yeah, that's who we be. Um, my <laughs> my my song. You'll you'll understand that in a minute. It is Avalanche, uh, which is an arrangement by Megaran, who is an amazing rapper that we'll talk about on his album Black Materia. Awesome. All right, let's go take a listen to Why and Avalanche.
has a company called Shinra. I don't know exactly what they answer, but they want to get control of their life stream. And I just can't let that continue. They don't care who they hurt, who they injure. Wanna turn the whole planet against us. So it's simple, you join the resistance or you wind up going against us. My name is Barrett Wallace and I'm known for paralyzing, pulverizing, punks into submission. I ain't fantasizing. Wish this world wasn't violent. It'll get worse if we allow it. I'm here with a cannon for my arm and a mind with nothing but revenge inside it. I represent Avalanche, man, these chumps don't have a chance Watch a scatter, man, we're never barracks, laying a battle plans Got our people of Saudi, team for Pavali, with a better voice of reason Got big, got legend, just see anybody in my way, I'm squeezing Get behind me, I'm leading, but bomb in the region, it's gotta be the highest treason But we came too far to back down, I'm not leaving till we even Break it to whoever wanted, you can get it quick Got the president of Shinba throwing fits It's our world, they can't get control of it Ain't nobody hopping on the train till it's over Insurgents, not a bit Honestly, just, I love Ayaka. 
as far as her vocals go, and I really just enjoyed the song from her. And honestly, I had some mixed feelings about Crisis Core <laughs> at times, but I can't say that the ending is not really well done and this vocal piece fitting in with it. It's just, it's a really excellent, I love the instrumentation, I love the lyrics and the translations. And it's just a very powerful song for what a very poignant ending, I think. So yeah, I actually had some comments where I didn't look up a translation yet, but I see you have. Is it something you can talk about or is it very spoilery? It's very fitting for Zach's character and his storyline. Mm, okay. I see. Okay. I got kind of the vague impression that this was intended and designed to like hit hard with the totality of his story and maybe with the ending. Um, but, you know, I also did not look into details. But I'm also just really happy that we have like a pop vocally track in here because, mm-hmm. you know, that like all the different seven games, there's really not a lot of that. Like up until this point, there's less of that. And there's been more in other Final Fantasy titles since. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that didn't really start until eight, right? Originally. Yeah. I mean, there's Eyes even like my... a little country twang tinge to it that's supposed to be because of his um, hometown. Um, ah, country Which roots. I thought was an interesting. Yep. I like that. Yeah. I, um, you know, she, she's actually not a singer I'm familiar with. Uh, are, so are you familiar with her, her stuff outside of Crisis Core yes. 2? Okay. I do like listening to J-pop sometimes. So. Nice. <laughs> I mean, she seems like well-regarded and like prolific too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I had no idea. Like, I wasn't familiar with the song before we started doing this episode. But you know, I was looking looking her up earlier, and like this was her sixth. She like really started in the industry in like 2006, a year before this game came out. And by 2007, when Crisis Core released, this was her sixth single. Uh, this song and you know did really well in Japan and uh, yeah I don't know it's like I'm just I'm, I'm, I learned so much like in such a brief time today that you know she's been doing music since 2006 she just released an album last year so she's still active um, and mm-hmm. she's great so like I this makes me want to listen to more of her stuff um, but based on what you've said I'm not going to look up a translation to the lyrics so I'm just going to go off of <laughs> uh, what I'm inferring from like the tone and the feel of it and it just it I can really feel like the emotion behind this. And I don't know if there's meant to be maybe a sense of longing or something like there's something there. And, you know, I, I like that you can, if that's even accurate, oh. but I like that you can, I think it is pretty accurate. I like that you can kind of get that out mm-hmm. of music, whether you, if it's done really well, like even if you don't mm-hmm. know what they're saying, the, the words, like when you can pick up that emotion just from tone, it's, it's really cool. I also really appreciate that there are, I, I can't believe I put this in my show notes, but I really appreciate that there are guitars, but they're not yes, screaming I, at you. Yes. I do like the guitar work in this song. Non-screaming guitars. Non-screaming guitars, yes. Speaking of foreshadowing. Yeah, right? Yeah. There's definitely no loud guitars coming later. <laughs> well, there, there is some loud guitars coming later. Shh. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, I actually have a... Uh, I'm really glad that Audra picked this song. I have a weird, really short experience with it because a week ago I had never played Crisis Core and now I've completed uh, the Reunion uh, remake. Oh my gosh, that's right. You were talking about that. So, uh, like, it was, it kind of all worked out, but it, it was kind of on purpose. 
Um, so like I have notes from before and after and my notes from before sound exactly like Hillary and Mike's. Like just from what I know about Zach, right? He's always presented as this really optimistic, happy-go-lucky, right? Um, and then, you know, it's not a spoiler that things just don't work out for him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And so it's like, it, it definitely has that kind of power, even though you don't, you're not familiar. And then now having experienced uh, sort of his sort of short little arc, um, Audra, I'm not sure about in the original, but like in the remake, uh, the first time you hear the song, and I only noticed it because of this selection, uh, Zach has just kind of lost someone close to him. Yes. Just kind of gently playing in the background, but not in its full power like we hear it here. Mm. So yeah, there's first, an instrumental version. Oh, I think right. in yes. the PSP I like version. when they do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So and so you can hear it kind of in the background, and and Zach's really just kind of struggling with like what he what does he do now. Um. And uh, and then you know, of course, at the end, uh, I think just for me as someone who again like really new to music, really new to thinking about it in this way, the fact that I have no Japanese comprehension and the only word that I personally can get is why, right? And it's like sung so powerfully. It's sung right at the beginning of the chorus. It's repeated at the end, mm-hmm. right? And then so like when you match that with. Uh, you know, like I'm talking like even like there's a there's a they put in a rainstorm at the end too, right? Like it's like very emotional uh scene and that's like the only word I can keep hearing over and over again. Yeah. It really like has this really powerful, you know, uh tie together of Zach as a character. And that's a really interesting point. Like that is a very particular effect that you would probably get as an English speaker. All right, cool. All right, is it time? It's, oh, it's a very oh, powerful no. song, I think. I think oh, my it's God. Ti- it's time. Especially in the context. All right, are you ready, Hillary? <laughs> uh, I think more than the one story of us are, are ready. They... Mm-hmm. Um, right, for Avalanche. Okay, so first of all, the plot of Final Fantasy VII works so, so well as a rap album, and I love how Black Materia covers so many of the major plot points in such detail, the way they just kind of weave it all together. It's great. Um, but I also just want to give a little bit of background on Megaran. So he is a rapper in Phoenix. Um, he's like more than once been listed like in local publications as like one of their top rap artists, things like that. Um, but he also has kind of a, a nerdy side. So he started making, I think one of his first projects was like Forever Famicom. Um, and he just started making kind of some nerdy Nerdy Rap, and this is an early project of his, which is, like I said, it covers a lot of FF7. Uh, he, and he partnered with uh, some other artists called Lost Perception. And so Avalanche is one of the probably most famous tracks off the album. Uh, it's mostly pertinent to Barrett. Uh, it samples a little bit of battle music, but also some of Barrett's music in the middle. And it's broken up into like some really neat sections where you get some choruses, you get that really neat, hey, hey, at the beginning that just really amps up the energy. Yeah. Um, and then there's a section in the middle where it's kind of like some bars at like a whole verse as Barrett, kind of like from his perspective. And like the vocals even change, like it is a spot on like pretty much what you would expect Barrett to sound like. Yeah, because this is before <laughs> there, were, there was a remake. Right. Probably, I mean, was it before Advent Children even? Like, was he literally oh, not voiced yet? Jeez. 
That's it. Oh, I would have to check the dates. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> um, but hi, yeah, so much to say. Uh, I guess like before we go into more details about the song, I also want to. Another reason I picked this is because this album and song definitely inspire greater conversation uh, around like the black RPG video game community, fan base, and history of black characters in video games, all of that, right? Which is always worth talking about. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not the most qualified in this area, so, but I appreciate including this so much because there is an underrepresentation in terms of just characters, but also game market research. Like there's been a lot of issues around like the black community not really being like counted or represented quite as much in kind of, in deciding like which games would be popular and also developers. Um, so I've included several articles and things in the show notes from sources with more expertise than me. Um, because I, I just think that context, uh, it's timely and it's so important for the song and album. So, yeah, absolutely. But I'm really eager to like kind of make this a conversation and hear what other people thought. Cause it's, I'm sure it's not exactly what you expected and it's probably one of the wider variants we have in musically. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm super grateful for, for Hillary kind of speaking on that part because that's something that I, after I got through so many of my like giddy feelings that we can go into in a moment, that was where I settled too, right? Where it's like, it's Black History Month. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, arguably, if not the only like Black, you know, famous JRPG character, there just isn't enough of them. There isn't enough ones that are well-written. It isn't enough representation uh from a lot of different uh people of different backgrounds but it right. seems like it seems like that sort of i guess for lack of a better term kind of like you know black north american right it just isn't the quote-unquote vibe and i just i've always that's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way i've always just like not understood why that is because of this game that was so important to me um having somebody that was so prominent in it and like the way that Barrett is portrayed, right? Like he is like this super gruff figure that kind of, you know, when you first meet him, he fits some of those quote unquote black stereotypes, but so quickly you notice that he's like, it is huge softy and he's this dad and he's a single dad and he is working so hard for his girl. And she is the only thing that matters and there's just so many of those things that are so important when we're talking about representation. Um, I'm certainly not any more qualified to talk about this than anybody else, but I just really appreciate the fact that this can be a part of the conversation that we want. We, we as a podcast, we as a website want to be part of that conversation and every bit that we do to drive it forward, like just makes it all that more important to me. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. fully agreed. agreed. Yep. <laughs> I know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to just be like, yes, I agree, but like, I do. And it, again, it's, it's always one of those, one of those tricky things where like, I, I want to comment more on it. And again, not to just echo you guys too much. Like, I don't want to be like, I never want to claim to be an authority on, on anything like this. Oh. But like, yeah. I also, you know, it, it, it's still important to, to recognize it and talk about it and say like, we want, we want more representation, that kind of thing. So I, I'm happy. Um, that we can talk about that and that you know parts of the industry um are doing better about that i mean it's there's a way to way to go but 
you know, if you watch some like the game showcases, like the mix and some other things. And, um, there's one that uh, Games Done Quick is doing too, because I'm like still catching up on their uh, their marathon this year. And there was one I forgot what it's called. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but you know they were doing something either last month or this month too. Um, you know, highlighting you know uh, black gamers and creators and stuff like that. So you know, I'm I'm glad that that is growing and it, it is out there. Even though, of course, we want more for it too. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we haven't talked about the song yet. So musically, this the song just makes me want to go fight Shinra. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> even more. <laughs> even more. Yes. Yeah, and it's just uh, I could I could say so much about it. I love the sampling in it because. It's that you get that really recognizable, you know, few notes from battles yeah. at the beginning. And it and that's actually continued for a while, but the way they've arranged the lyrics and the verses, you don't notice that it's repeating quite so much, I think. And then in the middle, there's that shift to the other theme during the Barrett verse. So like they just they this song is just a perfect such a perfect illustration of how Umatsu's music in particular is super sampleable. Yes. And I love that. And it is not the first time it's been sampled. And I could, like, one of my favorite things is when I come across, like, a sampling of an RPG song. Like, I we recently listened to a Drake song specifically because it samples the prelude. But <laughs> I, just, I just love discovering that. So, like, I think the song is a good example example of that in action so that's another reason i picked it um also the energy level it doesn't let up oh no not at all what whatsoever um i love the energy level i had it on repeat throughout the week (laughs) right (laughs) and just the fact that it fits so many details in little snippets throughout the whole thing like i think we were discussing this a little bit off air but you you get the fight against shinra you get a little bit about Barrett's attitude toward, you know, his cause, which is super important to him. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's concerned about the planet and that's relatable and appreciated. Yes. Um, you get the, the train line. Oh, what's the train uh, line? The no, no get off the train. No get off with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you get his background with Dime. Yeah. And <laughs> I think one of my favorite lines from the whole thing is like, there's even a joke about the comparison of him to Mr. T, which like, Talking about oh, yeah, like early stereotypes and things like that. That's uh. a little, mm, but in the song, it's just sort of like, I pity the fool who compared me to that other dude. Like, <laughs> mm, I'm so much better than him, which I just love. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, Hillary, you and I shared some geek out moments. Uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> like, I'm looking at my notes and it's just like a, it's just like my brain trying to comprehend like every new note. Like, I literally have um with four M's. Right, like you, you know, you, the tower in crisis sample, right? And then someone starts rapping, and I, I put, um, this is the greatest thing ever. It's <laughs> an official note, right? Um, so I just, I just, yeah, I can't say enough cool things. I'm so grateful that you brought this into my life. It's <laughs> like a few, a few highlights for me, right? Like my name is Barrett Wallace. I've my first thought was, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> like, let's <laughs> absolutely go. Um, it's, you know, so the choral sample starts. And like you were saying, right, the artist changes. And there's this chef's kiss description of Barrett. 
right? There's one, uh, you know, there's one there. I don't bend. I don't break. I don't care about much. Just my daughter, Marlene, and my people being free. Right. That's like him in a nutshell right there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to throw my couch out the window. Like, let's go. What are we invading? <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing it? And I've got to say, it, like, a lot of the rest of the album is that way, too. Like, it really distills these moments and the attitude of Midgar and just, like, the whole the whole feel of that part of the game. And, I heard and the second song from it recently just from following this song. And I really just, now I want to listen to the whole album. Was it like, Mako Reactor? Because actually yes. one thing to mention here is, like, this song is from is Barrett-centric, but... Mako is from Clouds. Yeah, there are some really good songs that are from Clouds' perspective. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's very interesting that way, that whole album. Yeah. Somebody overruled my Mako Reactor selection. (laughs) Well, only because I didn't want an album on here twice outside of the original song. But now, because of that, we get exposed to more awesome songs from this album in the future. Yeah, now you can just sit there and look at our upcoming episodes and be like... I'm going to get that Mako Reactor <laughs> song in. I'm going to find the right theme topic and join that episode. <laughs> you first guy connected to connect the pirates uh, to. Hmm. <laughs> okay. mm. Do Avalanche count as pirates? <laughs> well, you know, I can see pirates, it. I, I mean, you know. Um, one side note about this, though. Um, Megaran is not only like a successful rapper, he is an author, he's a producer. And one other thing I wanted to mention, and this is yet another thing we'll be linking in this note, show notes. Uh, he recently produced um, and helped some other artists with an album that is Chrono Trigger. Ooh. So, yeah, rap versions of, well, not really rap versions of Chrono Trigger, but like really thoughtful lyrics about the themes of Chrono Trigger sampling the Chrono Trigger music, I think is how I would describe it. So it's a little bit different from this, like less direct talk about the plots and events in the game, but still really good. And he helped produce it. So if you liked this, there is a high probability you will also like that. So I will make sure that it's accessible. Yeah. Thank you. And and beyond all that, there's also the uh, Black Materia remake album. Yeah. So... (laughs) Interesting history around no. the time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So interesting history um, around the time remake came out. Uh, Megaran decided to revisit and reimagine this album, but there were several collaborators involved, right? Uh-huh. With with Black Materia. Um, so he, the way things worked out, just with all the artists and creatively and everything, is uh, he had to kind of collaborate differently and bring some new people in and so he Mm. kind of reimagined a lot of the songs with new collaborators and it's a different take on a lot of the same stuff uh which really works with how seven seven remake functions the same way remake Uh does which is very interesting a new take on it um yeah so it was really neat i think (laughs) i put it in my music of the year and was like i think kind of noted noted that like parallel yeah yeah what a great choice i is ever since you brought it on I'm like well i know i know you're gonna have a lot to say about this but looking at especially at kyle's reaction when we were talking I'm like oh i i can't wait to see the conversation <laughs> unfold <laughs> like I, I i was really excited about this part of the episode for that reason i call it a gun arm so i'm never unarmed <laughs> yep. that's also a great line <sighs> All right. Is it the same 
in the back of the bike, you know, the tricycle truck and the motorcycle chase. But I digress. <laughs> well, yes. Well, you know, he was tired. All right. I get it. Yeah. Maybe he was afraid he'd hit cloud. Yeah. That's what I always thought, to be honest. That seems risky. <laughs> yes. But but swing, swinging a seven-foot-long sword at a moving truck, bike, yeah. not risky at all. One-handed. Uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Are we ready for our last block? I'm fired up now. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, so our last block is Kyle and me. So, Kyle, what is your second song today? Uh, second song, but, you know, sort of first in my gaming life is the bombing mission infiltration from Final Fantasy VII Remake. All right. And then I'm bringing on something that somehow, somehow 128 episodes in has never been on Rhythm Encounter. Uh, I, we obviously have to represent One Winged Angel. Um, specifically, I have the version from Advent Children. So that is outside of our bonus track. That's what we're closing out with today. So let us go listen to Bombing Mission Infiltration from Seven Remake and Advent One Winged Angel from Advent Children.
Uh, yeah, this block might as well be called like the two songs I was stunned were never covered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like uh, Bombing Mission and, and One Winged Angel are just crucial to the Final Fantasy VII uh, universe. Um, I, I do have a soft spot for the, the original soundtrack. I think just the way that the instruments, like the instrumentals are so much more crisp and clear and they're like, well, they're able to be uh, in the remake. So I do think that this version is superior. Um, there's just like so many really great moments, right? Like, you know, about a minute and nine seconds, like the, the riff there is just like, gets me so hype. Uh, the instrumental version of what I assume is a bass drop at like minute 20, uh, just has me ready to go. Uh, you know, horns come in at 1.45 and like announcing, you know, we're here. Uh, just like, there's just so much great stuff that I, you know, all of all the songs here that I played on loop, you know, this one, mm-hmm. I had students walking into my office be like, what are you listening to? I was like, oh, let me tell you what I'm listening to. <laughs> I and I love how the brass does some heavy lifting in this version. Like that's something I kind of expect listening to the original version, but it just works out so well. Like not just for the really hype parts, but also kind of some of the like lower registers. Yeah. Like I I appreciate kind of the in the background that the brass does sometimes too. Heavy lifting is such a great way to describe it because they're always there, but they're not always the focal point. And I love the way the piano carries those faster notes at the beginning because they're not lost and they're giving you that sense of urgency, but they're not disruptive. Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, later into the song, about three minutes, like they kind of bring everything down. In this version, you know, we were just kind of chatting off air about how there's a there's a plus version and there's an in-game version. Uh, at least this this plus version that we were able to listen to, they kind of re-kick-start the song at like three minutes. And I just kind of appreciated how that was like, oh, well, hello, like, okay, all right. I'm, uh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, except that anyone who's listening to this has already heard both songs. But uh, I think you can imagine why I, we ended up pairing these two songs together at the end. Um, I feel like, Remake's bombing mission, I mean, especially this version, I mean, both of them, but this version especially is, is really, really true to the original. But like you said, it's it's a, it's a more re- refined. And um, I think it's tricky when you remake stuff like this. Like, obviously, sometimes there's a temptation to make it a little different. But I appreciate that this is can be so true to the original. It just sounds like you said crisper or better instrumentation, stuff like that. So um, I know it's it can be tricky depending on, you know, who you're talking to or what you're expecting and you know not everyone's mm-hmm. down with remakes etc cetera, etc cetera. but like you know this one really feels like a, a, a definitive version of that song because it doesn't go and it doesn't go and change things the notes you're expecting and used to and wanting to hear are still there just everything just sounds just a, just a bit better you know um just with an expanded soundscape and instrumentations and, uh, you know, I, I think the original does, it really does hold up. I mean, of course it holds up, but um, I appreciate it. it. It says a lot to the, for the people who arranged this, um, you know, and, and any like really talented arrangers, like all the arrangers of the Pixel Remake series, Pixel Remaster series, um, that the song is still recognizable and it sounds the same, just better. I hate to say mm-hmm. better, but you know what I mean. Crisper. 
one of the big things I noticed with this version is like kind of further in at about a minute 35 or four minutes, 35 seconds. Wow. Um, there are some little call outs to the, the main theme. Mm. Well, you gotta listen again. Yeah. There's just a little like, mm. uh, and there we go. Sort of singing. Sort of singing. Again. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but you get the idea. Time for a new karaoke episode. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, you, you get that little, just kind of that little hint of foreshadowing yeah. musically, which works perfectly for remake because I mean, presumably does. many of us have already played the original version. Presumably. I think the last thing I would add here is, you know, so much of what we've talked about in this episode is just how well Final Fantasy VII in all its versions bears music to the moment. And right. uh, so I, <laughs> I did a little free writing exercise with some of my students and they got to hear like sort of the first 30 or 60 seconds and they have no idea what this is. But when <laughs> I the room, right, when it was like, okay, so like, what did you write about? What were you imagining? And, you know, a lot of them uh, were saying something like something's happening. Like there's a, this is an urgent sequence. There's, there's action, there's fighting, there's something is about to happen. And so even though they have essentially no background knowledge of what this is from like even their teenage years can hear what the mood is and then we got all the way to my favorite kid on the left and they go sounds like pirates of the caribbean <laughs> <laughs> oh all right that's cool i love that you did that can't unhear that but um, oh my god uh, now i'm thinking he's a pirate <laughs> Yeah. Who has a who has a more iconic landing, like Cloud Summer of a train, or Jack Sparrow walking straight onto the dock from his sinking boat? Who knows? Yeah, those are both memorable for sure. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to talk about Sephiroth? Can I have a random aside first? Sephiroth. Is it about Bing cherries? <laughs> it is not about bells, frogs, or Bing cherries. Okay. Um, it's about Pirates of the Caribbean, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, we played a, a medley of Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack music in orchestra at one point. Oh, really? And it was so much fun. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> I bet. I, I was excited because I got that little solo. Like, I don't know if you remember the part where Jack is kind of like floating before he makes that like epic entrance, but it's it's the kind of soft, like beginning where you first meet him uh but yeah that was a solo when i get to do it oh that's awesome what instrument did you play audrey or do you play um well i don't practice as much as i would like these days but cello cool yeah cool oh anyway sorry but got excited about pirates music oh actually never mind Shouldn't what? talk about that yet. We might be talking about pirates in the future on Rhythm soon. So Yes, in like four months. Look forward to that. Yes. Uh, all right. So this song. Um, I, I should say that, maybe I shouldn't mention this, but we did technically have One Away Angel on like episode seven or something. Like really, really way early on in Rhythm Encounter, but only as a joke. But now it's here for real. <laughs> Because there was some joke about like, oh, let's listen to the best Final Fantasy ending or boss final boss <laughs> oh, theme. No. And, oh, no. and we played, I'm not taking credit for this one. I'm just saying like we played a few seconds of this and then cut to Dancing Mad. Um, 
Which I think is which I think is a fun joke. It's not really. It's not saying the song is bad. um, No, because it isn't. It's one of those things. Like it. It really depends on like where you land, like where you started with Final Fantasy, how you feel about Seven and other games, and like how you feel about the respective villains. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things where sometimes people get really caught up, and it's like in like, well, this is my favorite, so therefore that I, you know, someone gets down on this. Like for a long time, like a lot of people, and like. I think there was a, a period where I fell into it where it was like, well, I like six more than seven. Someone will say that or whatever it is, X more than X. Um, so it's like, well, you don't, you know, you don't have to do that. Like, you don't have to be like, well, just because you might like this more doesn't take away from the other one. And, you know, obviously, like one way angel like tends to get played a lot. So it, it's one of those. I think a big part of it. I think it's part of like sometimes it gets it gets played too much. Like if you could do like, uh, like, like video games live and some other ones, it's like. It's like it's like yes, it, it is great. Like, but you also like those groups or those concerts. Like, you're like, well, but I, you have a talented group. Like, also try something different once in a while. Uh, although I will say, Distant Worlds made it a sing along. Well, that's it, pretty awesome. And it was yeah. probably one of the most fun <laughs> concert series, like concert experiences of my life, that. to turn around and watch this group of bros just like bopping along with each other, <laughs> singing the chorus of one like being an angel, like sway into it. See, it was it was amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I am going to talk about the song in a second. Like, this is actually, like, this isn't in my notes. I just started talking. It's like, you know, it, I I think, again, depending on who you talk to, sometimes the song either is is overblown or it gets a bad rap. And, like, it's it's really easy, I think, years after the game came out to be like, oh, it's it's that again. It's like, yeah, but at, at the same time, if you were around back then, like, going from the Super Nintendo to this, like, this wasn't done this was not done in games or in RPGs. It was such a big deal that a song like this was in a game. Yeah, know? I mean that was it was huge. It was it, like now we're so we're so spoiled for lack of a better term. We're so used to vocals and stuff. Like it's normal now. Yeah, but, but if you want to pinpoint like certain tracks that kind of inspired this whole movement toward recognition, you know, of video game music as you know important and impactful and as for lack of a better term, music. Uh-huh. You know, this was this was one of the big ones that people cited one. and said, well, listen, like, it's got a Latin chorus and all this Gotta have elaborate instrumentation. Yeah. yeah. It's certainly um, iconic. Mm-hmm. It is. It absolutely is. And um, so, okay, so it is. The original one is. Me, I mean, of course, this song has been, like, rearranged and re- it's on so many, there's so many versions of it out there now. Uh, me, for my money, um, my favorite is this one, uh, the Advent Children one. It's it's fairly faithful to the original. I mean, in terms of like just as at a bass level, but it's that guitar. The guitar in this one like really, really like amps it up, and I've always loved it. Um, you know, go it, big it, or go home. Yeah, I mean, it is like <laughs> this song already is kind of go big or go home. So it's like, let, what can we do more? It's like electric guitar, baby. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, I I saw Advent Children when it. When it first came out, um, which I, I I feel so spoiled saying this because I guess it wasn't ever in theaters until the, the short run that they're doing this year. Um, I saw it in the theater when it came out because there was a there was a premiere in Los Angeles, and we were able to like get in there. So I, I actually saw it in like this cool theater, and the, some of the the actors were there. Um, it was a really cool experience. Um, I have not seen the movie in a very long time. I don't know if it holds up. I know it's. I liked it more than Spirits Within, if nothing else. Um, but you know what? Uh, 
seeing something like this uh, in a theater just existing um, was so cool at the time. And even if I don't really necessarily agree with the, the, the twist at the end of why this song is in the movie and why Cloud is fighting him, like, why are we just bringing him back just for fan service? Yes, we are. Yes, we're running along buildings and cutting buildings down, but... Yes, we're making the song and fitting it specifically to that action. It's like, so we, it's so overblown and ridiculous. But we talked we, we talked about like Final Fantasy VII being good at having music that fits yeah. the action, right? Uh-huh. And and the emotional tone. And here you go, here it is as a movie sequence, which is that is the the goal. Yes. Yes, that is the goal. And you know what? It really works. Um, I just, again, I I don't want to just be like, oh, guitars. But like the guitars, like, they start coming in like 40 seconds in. But it's, it's really a little bit after the minute mark where like they really amp up. And you got some re- cool drums in there. Um, it's it's just, it's such a great rendition of this song. Yeah, I, I don't know. This Thinking about the different versions of this song kind of got me thinking about just like interactivity with different types of media and it's interesting that we have the most like i would argue maybe the most intense version of the song for the version of final fantasy 7 stuff that actually is the least directly interactive (laughs) um yeah so i don't know it's just kind of interesting to think about that and speculate a little bit so yeah anyway that's my that's my spiel um i do love this song this is my favorite one uh if, if you're listening and you have another favorite version of this song or whatever, like, you know, let us know. But I'm just, I, I think it was about time we represented it on here. So and please enjoy. So far off. I don't know if there's a, a, a big Kingdom Hearts contingent on here, but mm. uh, as an adult, you know, when I started replaying those games, especially like kind of in the lead, a big lead up to three, a little two years back. Uh, I did like all the secret bosses and everything. And, you know, when we talk about feeling that emotion and like how it kind of kickstarts your adrenaline, like the first eight seconds of this song, that kind of wind instrument almost shriek. Like I can feel him descending. <laughs> yeah. Was, right in the Kingdom Hearts secret boss battle. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Like this guy has just killed me 17 times in a row. Let me see if oh, this is the one. Gosh. And now I'm thinking of his smash intro. No, oh, where he kills Luigi. He just sent Mario. He almost oh, he impales Mario. Mario. Yeah. He almost impales Mario. Yeah. Unlike poor Luigi, Mario doesn't actually die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they. Sorry, I just drew a parallel because <laughs> there's this big entrance, right? Where he descends. Sephiroth is so extra sometimes. Yeah, I love it. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, just can't, can't have him ever just like walk through a door, right? Like I've never literally <laughs> seen one. He's a door. Yeah. Yeah. Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I said this in the in the Slack, but um, as someone who really listened to this version, especially, but even just the One Winged Angel for the, you know, as a song, not as part of a game or anything. When those guitars hit at like 38 seconds, I legit thought a new window opened up, like one of those ad, you know. <laughs> big, <laughs> I was like, what just happened? Where is this guitar? What tab do I have open? What other songs It took me a solid 15 to 20 seconds to realize it was actually the song. <laughs> they just come out of nowhere. But I love at, you know, about a minute 17 when the choir joins them. 
and they've mm-hmm. kind of done the thing. And then like, that's where for me, like that's like a, like a here we go, like for a, a, what the second Holy Smokes Taka, uh, that's a here we go vibe, right? Where they, the choir joins, um, you know, in my part of the world, uh, it's, it's pretty normal to try to go to a, a professional hockey game and they're all, you know, the, the lights are flashing, the team is skating around, people are fired up. You could start at 117 and play 20 seconds of one wicked angel. People <laughs> would no idea what it is, especially in this part of the world, but they'd be fired up. And I think that that's <laughs> the, the, what a weird, hilarious, amazing thing uh, that this song can be. Uh, the three minute mark, just the guitars are shredding. So good. Um, I did have to laugh again though, like four minutes, 56 seconds. It feels like my ad blocker finally kicked in or like the stage hook grabs the guitar guy because they just <laughs> turned out. Right? Like, just, yep, they, they're just done. Yeah, but in, in, betw- in the interim between those two points, like one of the really cool things I think about this arrangement is there's some really musically interesting interplay specifically between that chorus and those guitars. Like it's not mm-hmm. just guitar solo. Like the chorus is also there, and there's some interesting things happening. Especially from like a battle perspective, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, the guitars get that hard stage hook, and then in the early five minutes, like you can feel it. You, you like you have them right where you want. You're almost there. And I'm sure if you're if you watch the action, you know, in the movie, I'm sure you can pinpoint specific moments and things that are happening. Are represented by that chorus and those guitars. Yeah, yeah. It's been so long since I watched it, though. Uh, I really appreciate, I, I know maybe we're not all the way at the end yet, but I really like how it just, there's kind of like a really strong fade out. And, you know, I felt like at the end, I'm at a concert and the conductor, you know, of the orchestra has that sort of fully still posture and then kind of drops his hands or her hands. And the crowd just kind of erupts and applauses, you know, like I just, I really appreciated that part of it. Yeah. I kind of love the ending of it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad people like that one too. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you can really go wrong with other versions. Um, I'm sure the versions and remake and all other ones are also good choices, but I don't know. I I've, I've been listening to this one for a long time and it's, I've been waiting for a good time to bring it on. So, uh, Thank you for letting me indulge myself. Uh, all right. Well, there's our Final Fantasy VII episode. It's time to do some some fun housekeeping here at the end. Um, and then we have a, a an interesting bonus track because Kyle and I collaborated on it, but I don't know what it is yet. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk about the games that made their debut on this episode. And it's actually just two. Um, and one is not a game. So... <laughs> Uh, this is the first time we had Crisis Core on the show, and also oh, the wow. first time we had Advent Children on the show. But we have featured uh, original Final Fantasy VII and Remake before. Um, although we have not featured Remake as much as you might think, so I think we need to get some more of that on in the future, and maybe some Rebirth. But those are the two new ones. Um, coming next on Rhythm Encounter, we actually, uh, between the last episode and this one, we, we did take a bit of a break. But during that break, we did a big staff poll and basically figured out our lineup like through the beginning of summer. So I'm happy about that. Um, so our next episode in two weeks is called Level One or something like that. It's basically uh, early game songs, like starting, you know, first areas, things like that. 
um, you know, baby's first RPG song kind of thing. Maybe we'll call it that. Baby's first. I don't know. Um, after that, Sewer we're doing. Sewer rat. Yeah. Extermination. Yes. Um, and then after that, we're doing one about safe spaces. So basically like, you know, safe areas in RPGs. I think at some point someone can use like the ink or the um, typewriter rooms or whatever in uh, Resident Evil. Yeah, or like... Which is kind of funny because we don't cover Resident Evil. Or like the Castlevania rooms that are suddenly really pretty and soothing. That's true. We cover some oh, of yeah. those. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to that episode. Oh, yeah, and the aptly named Safe Rooms in Persona 5. Oh, yeah, that too. See? Plenty to draw from. So that's what's coming up next on Rhythm Encounter. Um, if you have any feedback on this one, if you have topic ideas, if you want to share your favorite version of One Winged Angel, you can email the show and me at music at rpgfan.com. Uh, if people want to contact you, Hillary, what's the best way? Uh, I'm email's the best way, and I'm Hillary A at rpgfan.com. Cool. And Audra? Email is best for me, too, at rjb at rpgfan.com. And Kyle, if you would like to be contacted? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty hard to find on Twitter, but I'm at Kyle Castellan or X, whatever it is. Uh, and anybody can reach out, and I can. I can give them a Gmail address too at some point, but that's really all I have for now. Okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever you want to share. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, or our show in general is what I should say, uh, please note that RPG Fan has two other podcasts as well. Uh, so we have Random Encounter that posts every other Monday, opposite of our show. Uh, Random Encounter talks about uh, current goings-on at RPG Fan, so we'll talk about news or... Um, other features on the site, stuff like that. Um, when, hang on, when are we posting this? Actually, right around the same time this goes up, um, we are posting a, a, basically a bonus episode of Random Encounter. Boy, that's not the date that I thought it was going to be. Um, about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So go check that out. Um, and we also have Retro Encounter. Our Retro Encounter is definitely our biggest show because they post every week. Uh, Retro Encounter goes up every Thursday. And it's a combination of uh, game journals on older games, retro games, and then some other fun stuff in between. Um, when this episode goes up, they're actually going to be right in the middle of a two-part game journal on Dragon Quest Eleven, which I know everyone on that two-parter is super excited about. Like, people are really enjoying either playing or replaying the game for that episode. Um, uh, that's, that's just a part of... Uh, a, a series of episodes for year of the dragon that retro encounter is doing. Um, they, they did an episode on uh, Kiryu uh, from Yakuza. Uh, and then there's two dragon quest episodes. There's dragon age and more like a dragon coming up. There's just a lot of dragons happening. So uh, if you, if you like dragons and RPGs, uh, definitely check out retro encounter as well. Uh, you can also find RPG Fan on most social media. You'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Twitter, Twitch, uh, and YouTube. Uh, generally, we are at RPGFan.com. Uh, one of these days, we'll, we'll claim RPG Fan from whoever owns them on all those places. But for now, we are RPGFan.com, so check us out there. We also have a Discord and, of course, our website, RPGFan.com. And finally, we have a shop. Uh, we have some RPG fan merchandise, uh, all kinds of stuff. We have shirts and mugs and posters and onesies and uh, lots of stuff. If you want to support us, you can check out our shop. Um, so our shop, we have a two-part shop. If you go to RPGFan.com shop, you can get our merch store. 
but you can also get to our, our book, our, the RPG Fan Review Card Collection, which we released in December and is I'm just continuously excited about. Um, it basically collects around 300 of our review cards from Instagram, little summaries of our reviews by many, many of our staff on the site. So um, it, it's been doing pretty well. Um, obviously, uh, anyone who wants one, we encourage you to go get a copy. Uh, if it keeps doing well, we're going to, we want to do like a volume two with even more cards. It makes a good gift. It does. It makes, um, we, we give it as gifts to some people too. It's a nice little coffee table book. And you know, we worked with our friends at Hyperplay RPG and just the, the print quality and everything. Like I'm, I've just been so happy working with them. So it's been a really fun collaboration. So check that out. Um, if you enjoyed our show, you can review us and subscribe on Apple podcasts on YouTube, because Google Podcasts is going away because it's a Google product. Um, but you can find us on YouTube and your favorite podcast listener of choice. So there we go. There's our housekeeping. So for our bonus track today, I had many ideas. And Kyle uh, suggested that how about I just give you like my three finalists and you were going to pick. So I know it's one of three songs, but I have no idea what it's going to be. So where did you land, Kyle? What, what's our bonus track going to be? Genova complete the Siena wind orchestra. Ooh. Oh, very Ooh. nice. That's from the, the bra bra album, right? Yes. Yes. So there's, there's a really cool series of like brass final fantasy albums, like all recorded live. Uh, with, as you can imagine, you know, brass instruments uh, or wind instruments. So uh, there's three of them. There's three general Final Fantasy albums. And then there's a Final Fantasy VII specific one, which we've never featured on the show. So uh, that's what this is from. Uh, great choice. Thank you for uh, suggesting this collaboration thing. That was a lot of fun for me, too. Good to get I've never Genova. Picked, I've never had a, a bonus track that even I didn't know what it was going to be until the yeah, moment. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah. Pretty so, cool. Yeah. Thanks for the idea. Uh, so yeah, we're going to close that with Genova Complete from Bra Bra Final Fantasy VII. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, thank you all for being here. Yay! And not to not to Yay. embarrass you, Kyle, but for your first podcast, you did great. So thank you, and yeah. please come back for thank some you. more. And happy Year of the Dragon, everyone. <laughs> all right. Bye, everyone.
apparently we said something to trigger the uh, the home pod in the other room. No, I said concert. Why? <laughs> I don't think it's coming through. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, so the home pod in the other room decided to play Champion of the World by Coldplay. I don't know. Coldplay has nothing to do with what we're talking about. No idea. Because when I think of Sephiroth, I think of Coldplay. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. <laughs>